Call Show. We're back. Brent Gunning and Sam McKee reunited again. As always, the Golf Show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. Now, Sam McKee, I'm going to give the weather report today. It's chilly this morning. I don't know about where you're at. Uh, you're not in the wonderful GTA that you often reside in. I said parts on knowing you put it out there. Uh, you're in Quebec. It looks like a little outside of Montreal. How you doing on what for me is a frigid Saturday morning? Uh, just as frigid here in the Belle Provence, Gunner. Uh, very, very cold. Felt like maybe 11 or 12 degrees. Like there's a real chill in the air here. So, yeah, second last weekend of the year, buddy, of summer. And then it's, you know, we're back into real life. So, um, yeah, I... Uh, I'm happy to be speaking from you from my car in St. Louis, Quebec. Do I sound good? You sound awesome. You sound, I imagine, just as good as I did when I joined you from my car earlier uh, this mm. season. The car, the car cast uh, to borrow something from uh, Thirty Two Thoughts. Uh, we've we've been stealing it a, a little bit this year. So, so McKee, I mean, I uh, I, I want to recap the year that was. This is our last show of the year. I uh, want to thank the folks at Subaru who have been along. Want to thank all of you on the text line. 590, 590, as always, please include your name and location. Uh, you guys have made the year uh, a lot more fun. I know you got out to a, a nice, fancy track, and I know we played around together recently. I didn't know if you wanted to uh, to uh, mention either of those things. I know you were really excited to talk about the round you played last week. Well, I, uh, yeah, I mean, that was unbelievable. I played at Coppinwood, which was, when, when was that? Was that through two weeks ago now, two and a half weeks ago now? The summer's just going by so fast, I can't keep track of things. But that was an unbelievable round of golf that I got to play with. And a huge shout-out to all the people out there that that helped that happen. Um, yeah, and then we got to go out to, to Copetown Woods, which is our – was that our first time out there together this year? We used I to haven't been, a lot together. I that was the first time I'd been there this year. So, yeah, definitely our first time. Yeah, so I, I went there once before – I went there once before with my uh, with my old man. And that was the day of the crazy storm, oh, that that's that right. nasty storm that ripped this. through. So, when was that? I can't. remember. That was probably in May. That or no, sorry, maybe June or May. That big storm that came through, where it was like that damaging storm, which was nuts. And we were on the fifth hole there, and you know it's a big sky out there. You can see the thing coming in. And I just looked at my old man. I was like, I think, I think we should probably get in the cart and go. And then the <laughs> carts were like made a noise and said, uh, seek shelter immediately. And we're like, yep, we made the right yep. choice. And it got nuts <laughs> out there for a little while. So uh, Barry Forth out at the Copetown Woods hosted us there the other day, and we had an absolute blast. Uh, told us how little rain they've been getting. Seems like every other pe- part of that area of, uh, of Ontario has been getting dumped, and they haven't got any. So the, for the little amount of rain they've got, the place is in unbelievable shape. It's just it's pure. So if you're looking for a great value in the GTA, you got to head out there. Yeah, and I will say, uh, if you're looking, and again, this isn't something that everyone has the ability to do, but if you're looking to up your game, I was three off of my career low round, and I think a big mm. part of that was riding in the cart with the guy who owns the course. It just it just makes you dial things in a little bit. Uh, so I echo all of that, had a great time out there. And I'll say this, if you're ever on a golf course with Sam McKee and he says, Mother Nature's winning, we got to go, 
just listen to him. There was a round last summer at Braben, another one of our favorites. And you want, oh, to yeah. talk about, you want to talk about a place where you could see it coming in from every direction. That is definitely there. And I was being a little sour. You and our, our good buddy Primer uh, said, let's get out of here. We're right by the parking lot. It's about to monsoon. And I was a little sour about it. And nine seconds after I sat in my car, the sky absolutely opened up and started <laughs> annihilating us with rain. So uh, I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. You know, you're wrong about many things in this world. Maybe maybe the state of professional golf, but you were absolutely right about when uh, when weather is going to uh, to wreak havoc on our round. Because you don't quit easy. So if you're quitting so, at all, it's got to be right. So, Gunnar, you mentioned professional golf there. Explain what the, T- what the PGA Tour has done to me like I'm 12 years old, like I'm 10 years old. Because I've read these articles. It, seem, it seems convoluted. The top players have to play at the top chosen uh, tournaments, right? So explain yep. this to me like I'm 12. Okay. If you're really good, you got to go to all the ones that matter. You got to go to the okay. Memorial. You got to go to the Arnold Palmer, all these elevated events. And it's the top 20. Yeah, and that's what it is. And then the other part of it is uh, that I think this affects a lot more guys, but obviously it affects the guys we don't care about as much. They also implemented effectively a minimum salary. So my understanding is if you're somebody who uh, has your tour card, you will be you, you will earn a minimum of five hundred thousand dollars. Now, this is much like the live contracts. It's that's not you just get it and then your winnings are on top of that. Your winnings come out of that as you creep closer and closer to that. But it's to allow guys to have the certainty of I'm going to make X number of dollars a year. They've also added in some things for missed cuts, travel expenses, that kind of thing to help the lower the lower end of, of player on tour. But in terms of the the higher end guys, they're just going to be made to play in all of these marquee events that is the kind of week in week out biggest change we will see in in the game Hmm. so that's pretty interesting like i you know i think there's a world in which this big i mean maybe not for the viewer and you can argue that Mm -hmm. but for the world of the actual professional golfer for the world of the way these guys live uh, are playing in uh it seems like what the live tour did really really helped a lot of these guys bottom lines no oh i feel all the way as i feel about live no doubt about it but there is no argument to be made that them coming in and disrupting everything the way i the way they have the way i hate it has helped the pockets of just about every guy on tour there are certain guys who like rory mcelroy's bottom line has not really been impacted too much by this yet going forward it, it will be but for the the guys who are not clinging on but who are just out there on tour they're not picking up wins you know they're happy with the odd top 10 from time to time it absolutely helps them so yeah i mean is phil mickelson getting bottles of wine bought for him i uh well i mean i don't think he needs to have anything bought for him because the saudis wow. gave him all the money in the world but yeah there's definitely a that world where he's spent, helping Gunner. Sorry? That money might already be gone. Yeah, great point. That's a great, that's a great uh, might uh, can confirm uh, with no sources at all. I think uh, I, it's caught. Let me put it this way. College football season starts today. If it's not gone, it's gone by 4 uh, 5 p.m. So, Eastern time today. So I wanted to uh, quickly before I, I get out of here, I wanted to talk to you about the tour championship this weekend. Yeah, a couple things. God, East Lake is so sick. That course. Oh, love the it. Fir- like. That like you think of the opening tee shot there is just so breathtaking with the big over the water carry, mm-hmm. and then that 18th hole. I guess it, it comes down to you know just sort of memories and 
Yep. You, you're watch you're watching this a certain course for so long and all the things that you associate with it. But I just love that finishing hole there. And you think of how it's a great reachable par five and the shot that Xander Shoffley hit in there yesterday to get himself to seventeen under and contention was unbelievable. So I uh, I just love Eastlake. The second thing is I you know, I, I have had my thoughts on Xander Shoffley over the years. You have? I really hope he doesn't take this away from Scotty Scheffler. Like, this is Scotty Scheffler's year here. I, I, honestly, like, you know, it's like, what, what's the Xander Shoffley moment this year? You know, like, is Jan, Xander Shoffley, like, oh, yeah, he's collected points by being top 10 in all these tournaments. Yeah, he's played fine. He's played great. How many wins does Xander Shoffley have this year? I, this, has been, this has been Scotty Scheffler's year all year. The guy's been dominant. He's easily the player of the year. I'm saying this also because he is my boy. I want him to win. But, like, I want this year to be crowned the Scotty Scheffler year, and what better way for him than to secure the Tour Championship at Eastlake. So don't let Xander Shoffley steal us away from Scotty, okay? Because there's no – other than this being a win for Xander, this has been the year of Scotty. So there. Is that that, uh, that fair? No, it's not. uh, Because I thought – I didn't want to jump in until I had the figures in front of me. Uh, now, one of these was on the Euro Tour, but it's at the Scottish Open, which is a big boy event. He has three wins mm, this year. Yeah, he won the. That. Now, one of he those has is three the. Three wins? One of those is the team event with Patrick Cantlay. So uh, oh, you want to poo poo okay. that one? That is fine. I will hear that. What did they that. shoot? 48 I, under? What are they, they were they were 20, playing at Scarlet they, Woods for that one, eh? They were 29 under, and they beat Sam Burns oh, and Billy Horschel by two. Okay, they count that won, as a win on tour? Yeah. That is a considered an official tour win. Yes, he now That's here's the other thing. He has won the Travelers. That's a real event. He won that by two, and then he won the Genesis Scottish Open, which is as real event as it as it comes. That's so, a big one. Yeah, that's okay, a big so one. I forgot about that one. Can you that, give him two and so a half? He has one, or he has, two he's one big win. Yeah, one uh, biggie. I'll take Traveler, all... Traveler, Travelers is a real tournament. Like it is not one of the big boy events, but like there are there would have been. Finaus and Zalatoris's and probably Scotty Scheffler in that field that week. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo poo that one. But uh, yeah, so okay. he does have he does have uh, three wins this year. But I'll, I will I will tick it down to two because I'm with you. I don't know that we need to count the team event. Uh, and part of this is just uh, just that I uh, I do have a soft spot for Xander and I can't wholly explain it. And he's won the tour championship before. So I don't know. I wouldn't be mad. And here's the other thing. He's the only guy making it interesting this weekend. If we didn't have Xander, where would we be? We'd just be sitting there and you'd be complaining about how boring it was that Scotty Scheffler was going to run to a win. I there's never I will never complain about watching Scotty Scheffler play good golf and be okay. front running. I love Scotty Scheffler. I never complained during the Masters when he was run, when he was running away with it either. Guys, so we might I, we might have to go to the tape on that one. I think there might have been some complaining in the in the in the chat. I'm uh, not gonna there was no up. complaining. Okay, no. You know why? Because I had why? money on him and Cam Smith. Oh, that's so, true. That's I, I was true. not complaining about that at all. I had, um, I had money on only yeah, Cam you look Smith, at, so you, you can imagine my complaining that day. You look at the year that he had this year with Scotty Scheffler, and, you know, he won the Masters. He won the Arnold Palmer, won uh, the Waste Management. Did he win the match play, too? Did I did he win that, too? Or did he lose I, the That I can't that? recall. I'm going to pull it up, but I don't I think recall. He, maybe, he, was, he, was he played well. that one. He had a huge year this year. So it's just to me, this is the year of Scotty Scheffler, and what better cru- uh, what better crowning jewel than to have him win the the, the, the big tournament at Eastlake. Give him the Tour Championship, too. Don't steal this away from him, Xander. Hey, you, you and your uh, team event. 
you nailed it. Four events, and they're all biggies. Obviously, the Masters, he did win the match play, uh, beating Kisner in the final there. Beat the Arnold Palmer, yes. or won the Arnold Palmer by one stroke over Tyrrell Hatton, Billy Horschel, and Victor Hovland. And then he beat uh, Cantlay in a playoff at the Waste Management. So, I, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Xander Shoffley is a player of the year over Scheffler. Scheffler has had the better season. But, uh, you know, it wouldn't be some also-ran sneaking in here and stealing it from your boy with the square jaw and uh, steel stomach. Uh Anything else from you, uh, McKee, before we uh, get John McCarthy in here? I've loved doing the show with you. Yeah, I'm sad I, it's over. That's what I was oh, going to say. I just love doing the show with you, Gunner. Um, I, you know, I just a real thrill to take over for legends. You know, Scott Metcalf, we got the chance to go out and play golf with him at Copetown Woods, which, you know, we try to get out once a year at least with him. Uh, unbelievable guy to and for him to be so gracious with us taking over i'm just really really blessed to do this show with you gunner i absolutely love doing this show i'm gonna miss it every weekend uh so i'm i'm really really happy that we got this opportunity and i can't wait for bigger and better things next year and just a quick shout out to um quick shout out to brooke henderson at the uh the cp canadian open she's i think what she tied through 35 under God, you just got to play the best golf of your life every weekend to have a chance on the LPGA Tour. <laughs> and she's not playing her best, but she's out there being a great ambassador. She made the cut, so it's going to be a great weekend for her at the Hunt Club. So good to you, good for you, Brooke, and uh, I'm thinking of you. I hope you go out there and have a couple good days for the, for the adoring crowd. Well said. Uh, Sammy McKee, I echo all that. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, you're rid of us on the golf show, but uh, we will be uh, complaining about the Leafs everywhere and anywhere uh, very, very soon. Oh, yes. Uh, Sammy McKee, there he goes. Uh, I have loved, loved, loved uh, doing the golf show with him. Uh, Going to bring in our, our, our pal, both of our pals, uh, John McCarthy, national golf writer for, for Post Media. Going to bring him on in just a second here. You know, I, I, uh, I have John on the line right now. We don't have to wait at all. Uh, jo- Johnny McCarthy, uh, John, how you been? How you been, bud? I've been great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, last golf show of the year, so I really just wanted to touch base with some of my favorites. I got Adam Stanley coming on later, and, you know, he's going to cover us off uh, on everything going on in Ottawa for the CP Women's Open. But, you know, I needed to bring in a journalist. McKee just asked me to explain what's going on with, with uh, the PGA Tour and the, the new schedule they're going to have. Uh, I feel like you can explain it a touch better than me. John, what has Liv done to the PGA Tour in terms of the schedule next year? There's going to be these elevated events. The top 20 players are expected, if not having to, to play in them. Do you think that this is going to create a more exciting tour or at the very least uh, a handful of marquee events outside of the majors? Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny what Liv Golf has done. It, the end result almost inevitably seemed like the PGA Tour would sort of co- copy what was happening and steal the idea for their own. But the funny thing is it took, it took so long for it to happen, but then when it happened, it happened so quick. So what we, yeah, what we have is we have eight elevated events that have sort of already been announced. And there's four more yet to be announced that are going to have purses, you know, around $20 million. Um, there hasn't been much talk that the fields will be limited like it, like a live event. So we're sort of expecting more of a normal, normal fields, but then you, so you have the eight elevated events already announced. You have four more Then you have the four majors plus the players championship. And so all the top 20 players as they define them are going to play in those events uh, plus three more. So you're going to have 20 events uh, every year that the top players in the world are playing 17 or 18 of them. I guess 18 of them are going to have all of the top 20 players playing together. So it is good for the PGA tour because the one thing that, you know, we've been sort of griping about for years 
is we don't have enough best on best competition in the PGA Tour, and that was sort of that was Liv's whole marketing idea. We're going to get the best on the best every week. Well, they sort of they haven't ended up with that. They've ended up with like the heels of the PGA Tour and sort of a <laughs> a, a pre-retirement group of players right now. Um, but the PGA Tour has moved fast. They've listened to the ideas of the top players. And, uh, and so I think, you know, what we're going to have is better for the viewer for sure. Yeah, all this talk of best on best has just got me wistful for, for hockey and the Olympics with NHLers. But that is a that is a hmm. completely different show. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll stay focused on, on golf here. You know, looking at, looking at the way that this is going to change, you know, I think the, the most important part about this for me is my biggest concern with having the live players split off and will they be able to come back and play in the PGA Tour was my biggest concern was golf becoming tennis where nobody who is not locked in week in, week out cares about any outside of the majors and I feel like this kind of guards against that I am going to watch every single event the FedEx Cup playoffs may be ending this weekend but guess what when there's a tournament next week or two weeks from now I'm still going to be watching that but I think that a move like this elevating these events yes I always cared about the Arnold Palmer and events like that but I feel like what this does is it it allows you know golf to have a little more gravitas outside of just the four majors for sure, and I think kind of where Live Golf um, it didn't help itself it was this this feeling that they could steal some not steal they could you know hire away some of the top talent and instantly have a general golf fan or general sports fans be interested in the product and that at the end of the day that's going to be perhaps the problem for Live Golf is what makes it an engaging product for not the golf sickos because we're probably going to watch everything but mm-hmm. for the guys that sit down on Sunday and they like to see. Bay Hill because they remember Arnie. They like to watch Memorial because they like to see Jack there. So those sorts of fans are going to benefit because you're going to have the best players in the world at these events on the Sundays when they're on the couch in their familiar spaces. So, I mean, in the end, if right now you've got sort of live golf trying to troll on Twitter that, oh, they've stolen our idea, but sort of, you know, we have, what is it, uh, uh, Instagram spaces or, or no, no, the stories. They stole yes. from, from the you know, everyone yeah, steals exactly. from everyone. And whoever has sort of the baked-in audience is the one that's it's going to benefit. So the PGA Tour had to react, and they have reacted. It's, it's almost surprising that they managed to pull this off so quickly. But uh, I think it is going to be good for the fan. It's going to be good for the, the players, too. When we when we look back on the year in golf, obviously, you know, the biggest thing from this year will be the, you know, the Civil War, whatever you want to call it, Live versus the PGA Tour. That is going to be the biggest prevailing storyline. But if I just ask you to keep it to, well, not between the lines because golf doesn't have lines, but if I just ask you for a moment this year that kind of defined golf, I think maybe it's just recency bias at play. I still go back to that putt Cam Smith hit on 17 to kind of lock up. Up the open there is there something else that that jumps out to you I don't know maybe it was Scheffler's cor- coronation at the Masters is there is there kind of one moment from this year in terms of the game itself not all the squabbling we've had because that's what's going to stand out but what kind of jumps out to you what what's going to be the moment of of this golf season if you will yeah I mean for me one of the moments has been how fast a, a player sort of Scott we have Scheffler we have Cam Smith they've turned into um almost juggernauts on tour overnight, these guys. And, and that is what golf is now. With the, the tour is so much younger than it, than it has been. You have, you know, Cam Smith has his big coming out party at the, at the players, and then he goes on and dominate, you know, does, it, does it again at the British. You have Scotty Scheffler, who has a chance to win 
If he wins this week, that's $32 million he's going to win, and that's in the old format. So I don't know if we can say that the Stars aren't winning enough money when uh, before they get this influx of money, you have 32, possibly $32 million going to the best player. But just watching these players that, like Matt Fitzpatrick, you know, he wins the U.S. Open. You have yeah. Cam Smith, Scotty Shuffler. So these are all players that four or five years ago, we probably wouldn't know who they are, the general golf fan, and they're now the best players in the world. And I think that is sort of the beauty of golf right now is how competitive players can be in their 20s. And, and I think that's also, again, what we don't want to go back, keep going back to live golf, but that what, that's what kind of guards against uh, any, any concern that some of these players are leaving because, you know, three, four, five years from now, there's going to be new Scotty Shufflers, new Cam Smiths, new Matt Fitzpatrick. And it's, it's sort of how exciting golf can be and how quickly players can get to the top, to the top now with, uh, I guess, how competitive, you know, junior and college golf is. And that's, it's just exciting to see these kind of athletes come on stage. It's funny. I'm listening to you rip off all those names, and I'm going, you know, whatever happened to that Colin Morikawa? This bum hasn't won anything in a minute. And it's like he won a major last year. He won a major the year before that. And it just kind of goes to show how quickly you can go from being at the abs. And look, Colin Morikawa is playing tremendous golf right now. He's in the top 30 for the Tour Championship. He's had another tremendous season. But it is just amazing how kind of quickly you can go from being. I mean, think about after he won that Open Championship. I wasn't saying it, but. I'm sitting here doing shows with McKee, and he's like, I don't know, four majors? Could he get there? And it's just already, he is already part of the conversation, but no longer at the absolute peak of it. Like, it's it's amazing how, like you said, how quickly a guy like Morikawa can, and I want to be clear about this, he is still a top 10 player in the world, but how somebody like that, even with one season without a win, can kind of get pushed down the pecking order because of all that young talent you mentioned. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I guess, and one thing I was thinking about in 2022 is I didn't expect I'd need to, you know, become an investigative journalist and have a law degree to cover golf, but uh, <laughs> that's where we are. That is absolutely where we are. I talked to a lawyer on the show two weeks ago, and that, that's when I knew it was getting way, way too serious for me. Uh, Johnny, absolutely loved uh, getting to chat with you. Thanks so much for, for jumping on. I, I've enjoyed getting to see you out at the uh, the events this year, and uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll continue to, uh, to see you and uh, enjoy the winter if I don't talk before then. Great. Thanks. Looking forward to it next year. There he goes. John McCarthy, national golf writer, post media, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy his work there. Uh, make sure to check it out. Anytime uh, there's a big story in the world of golf, he has got it covered cover to cover. Uh, he's an editor there, so he gets to decide. Uh, he gets to decide how often uh, or how much coverage uh, there, there is in golf. Uh, it helps to be pulling the strings uh, a little bit there. Obviously, the Tour Championship is, is going on this week. This Tour Championship update is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time all-wheel drive. So, obviously, the Tour Championship started with the staggered scoring to reflect the FedEx Cup regular season and playoff standings. Scotty Scheffler started with a big lead. It has shrunk a little bit. He is at 19 under. That's good for a two-shot lead on Xander Shoffley. The guy Mia McKee were talking about a little earlier on. John Rahm sits alone in third place. He is at 13 under. That has him six shots off the lead. Patrick Cantlay and Sung J M are tied for fourth. They are at 12 under. Well, Joaquin Neiman, Rory McIlroy, Max Homa, Tom Hoagie, Cameron Young round out the top 10. This Tour Championship update was brought to you by your local Local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. The CP Women's Open is on the go in Ottawa. Going to talk to another one of our favorites, Adam Stanley. He joins me next here on the final golf show of the season on Sportsnet 5.9 of the Fan.
Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Golf Show. As always, the Golf Show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. Final show of the season. I got to bring on one of our favorites, golf content beast, and having a home game this week, Adam Stanley, the Stanimal. How you doing, buddy? I am having a home game this week. It's, it's a treat. It's also kind of funny because I'm used to covering golf events on the road but this week I'm, I'm down the street 15 minutes come home and you know what it's still garbage day on wednesday and it's still an a dishwasher that needs to be emptied and etc so anyways it's kind of funny but it is nice uh it, it's been a great week the weather's supposed to be awesome the next two days uh, after a lot of rain yesterday and um yeah already some really exciting moments uh, here in ottawa yeah, the, the obviously, the uh, sorry to do this to you, the big headliner of homecomings this week is Brooke Henderson, but you were right right behind her there. 1A, one, right? one yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly. It's like, who's to say who's the 1A? Who's to say? Uh, it's me and it's you, uh, just, to, just to clarify there. Uh, Brooke, Brooke Henderson, obviously, anytime she is back in this country, let alone, you know, so close to home for her, it's a big story. The fact that she's fresh off another major win. Uh, she did the Golf Town Tour uh, there a while ago as well. She's just she's been on fire this summer. Awesome to see her get this love at home. I know you've been following her around a bunch. Uh, what have what have the crowds looked like uh, for for Henderson at the Hunt Club? Yeah, I mean the, the crowds have been wild. Like even we can go back to Wednesday, and uh, that was the pro am day. And, and quite frankly, uh, crowds for pro ams on the LPGA Tour are just not non existent, and uh, that was not the case this week. Jessica Corda. Of course, multi-time uh, LPGA Tour winner, uh, one of the best in the world, posted a video on her Instagram uh, account that showed the crowds following Brooke, and she's like, I've never seen Wednesday Pro-Am crowds that look like this. And, and it's kind of rolled in nicely through the last couple of days as well. I mean, Thursday uh, for the opening round, uh, she teed off on number 10, and crowds were five, six deep, and it was, it was wild. And then she goes out and makes three birdies in a row, and the crowd got even deeper. So uh, yesterday, obviously, a, a bit of a, a snafu in terms of crowd size because of the weather. Uh, but kudos to everybody who came out with the umbrellas and, and the rain gear and stuff like that and, and kind of stuck around. Um, you know, they, they've seen some very solid golf from Brooke Henderson these first two days, but nothing really spectacular. And, and the bummer is that there have been some extremely low scores already hung at the Ottawa Hunt Club, and, and Brooke's going to need a pair of them to, to be in the mix to have a chance to win this trophy. But uh, to be frank, nobody really cares. <laughs> They're just happy to see to see her in the flesh. You know, this is something McKee and I have talked about uh, a lot, and obviously you pay a little closer attention than both of us do. It is mind-boggling how... I don't know. Maybe this feels like too strong a word. I don't think it is. How perfect you have to be to win on the LPGA Tour any given week. You know, look, guys on the PGA Tour, they got to have their A game to get it done. I completely understand that. But it just, with how low the scoring is every week, it feels like you have to be at, there is no winning with your B game. I know Henderson did it at the major, but it just seems like you have to be so 
perfect to be in contention every week. Like, I'm looking at the woman who's leading things, 64-65 to open the tournament, yeah. and all she has to show for that is a two-shot lead. It's just it yeah. is amazing how, how talented all, the, all these women are on tour. Yeah, and, and it's a great point because, um, you know, Brooke, Brooke said it herself. Like, everyone goes deep on Thursday, Friday, and then you just have to hang on and, and try to uh, do it yourself at some at some point as well. I mean, Lindy Duncan, I just tweeted about her. She's American. She's never won on tour before. Uh, she came back out this morning. She was on nobody's radar, uh, even last night as we left the golf course, and she hung a 29 on, on her back nine and shot 62. And and that tied the course record from Paula Rado from the day before uh, a nine under par sixty two. And you know, for for the men who are listening to this radio program, I mean, they're playing off sixty five, sixty six hundred yards, which is what the average male is usually out there shooting eighty five, ninety five, one hundred and five on. And here we've got these women uh, shooting in the low sixties. And honestly, man, like it's nothing. So uh, it's some pretty impressive golf so far. Uh, scorable conditions, um, obviously with the golf course being very soft. And, and your your point is exactly right. You got to be perfect, and if you're not perfect, you got to be 95% perfect. Because even Brooke has shot 69, 68, um, hanging in there. You know, I don't think she's missed more than five fairways, more than five greens total in 36 holes, uh, and she's eight shots back heading into the weekend. So uh, yeah, you, you got to be perfect, and this is a, a prime example of that on the LPGA tour. Yeah, I'm just going to rip off the scores of everybody in kind of the top 10 and what they did in round two. 65, 62, 63, 64. Ooh, 69. Terrible. 64, 64, 66, 67, 63. You just you have to bring your absolute best yeah. to compete at any given point in time. Uh, back to Brooke for a second. You know, this is something we talked about when she was doing the Golf Town Tour. I believe that happened after the, the major win. Obviously, the public facing aspects of this is not something she's ever been overly comfortable. I think this week is probably the biggest spotlight she has ever had faced on that where it is so present while she is actively competing. How do you think she's handling all that pressure of being the standard bearer for this event and effectively, you know, the mascot for Canadian golf? And I know there's a, a ton of other great stories, but all the eyeballs are on Brooke. How do you think she's handled that this week? I think she's done she's done pretty well. I mean, she's certainly more comfortable in being Brooke Henderson if if that makes sense as, as a description oh, than than she probably ever has been in the past. I mean, in 2017 when she was here before, yeah, she had won a major, but she was 18-19. People were still saying like, "Oh, there's our our Brooke from our hometown," yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But now it's kind of like everybody wants a piece and and she's she's managed it okay she's managed it well she's still under par she still made the cut we didn't have any, have any late drama like we did in 2017 when she had to make a birdie on her final hole just to find the weekend um but there's no denying like this has been a lot like she's the face of the golf tournament she's the face of golf in this country her face is quite literally on every hotel key this week it's on the newspaper ads it's on the billboards and 99.99 percent of the people on the property this week, maybe save for Naren Ahn's family, wants Brooke Henderson to make birdie on every single hole and hit a perfect shot every single time that she uh, that she addresses the ball. So no matter how smiley you are, no matter how 
happy you may seem, that's a lot. And it's a lot for an individual who's only 24 years old and is from a town of 6,000 people and, and, you know, basically hangs out with their parents uh, every single week on tour and and her sister and her stay in the same room every single week. So um, this is a learning experience, I would say, for her, for sure. Uh, But she can file this one away and, and just kind of apply it to, uh, the CP Women's Open moving forward. But thankfully, she's won this tournament already. Yep. There's there's not that added pressure of, Brooke, when are you going to win this thing? Why haven't you won this tournament yet? Come on. Uh, she doesn't have that. So uh, thankfully, that's in the rear view. Um, and, and she's smiled for everyone. She signed every autograph. She's posed for every selfie. Um, she's shaken hands with everyone from Canadian Pacific, from Golf Canada, from the Golf Channel, from you know us, us media schmucks in the tent. Uh, she's doing pretty good. And now hopefully that it's the weekend and all she has to do is play 36 holes of good golf. Um, she can play 36 holes of good golf. There, there's a lot of media schmucks, myself included, but not you. You're looking resplendent in your level wear. You're standing next to Kyle Bukaskis. No media oh, schmuck for you. I won't, I won't hear it. I will say everybody's hair looks worse when they're, when they're doing hits with Kyle all week, and there's just there's nothing that can be done about that. So that's the only downside of working with, uh, with, with Kyle all, all week long. And I've, I've been I, I got stuff. it. I got a haircut on Tuesday night knowing <laughs> that I was going to be standing next to Kyle from Wednesday onwards. And, and his, like, mine's tight, you know, it, I, wow. I'm doing my best, but his is, like, elegant. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot happening there, and you can, all you can do is, you know, just say kudos, job well done. It's a great, it's a great quaff. You know, yours is, yours is much more like a tightly mown fairway and his is like just <laughs> the perfect wispy rough. It looks great and it's flowing in the wind. Uh, yeah, yeah, I thoroughly have, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the, uh, all the stuff you guys have <laughs> Thanks, given ben. us this week. No, it's been great. Uh, one, one more for you. Uh, you know, I, I know I want to focus a ton on the CP Women's Open. We got to look back on, on the year that was in golf here and maybe my favorite day of the year in golf was walking into the media center Sunday morning at the RBC Canadian Open to the flurry of activity because Brooke Henderson was about to win. Uh, It was incredible to see you specifically charging into action, (laughs) getting ready to do all your work. Obviously, the CP Women's Open, an amazing weekend for golf in our country. The RBC Canadian Open, the same exact thing. To have Brooke winning on a day where all of the Canadian media apparatus was in one place, albeit focused on something else, uh, that was just a really cool day for me. I know a little less cool for you because you had to actually work instead of me just sitting there going wow this is neat hey eh, stanley uh can you just talk about uh everything that happened that day for us there yeah i mean it's i mean it's cool now like um two months <laughs> later it was less cool that afternoon but um i was i was mentally preparing myself for Corey connors to shoot 61 59 the first two rounds of the tour championship zip himself up that board and then we having a, a small issue yes. on sunday afternoon <laughs> as well again um Thankfully, that didn't happen, but shout out, Corey. Had a fabulous season. Going to play in the President's Cup in a few weeks, which should be awesome. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that Sunday, RBC Canadian Open, um, it was a lot, but that's kind of why, you know, I got into this profession as a whole. And I think anybody, no matter if they're, you know, an accountant at tax time or a, a doctor at surgery time, like if you're if you're under the lights and you got to perform, um, that's why we do these things. And, and that was a very, very cool moment um you know brooke finally breaking that that winless drought that she had had for a couple of years and uh doing it in, in such fine fashion in, in a playoff and, and banging a three wood down there to uh very very close range for for an eagle just to to step on lindsey weaver Wright's neck uh, you know it was 
it was an impressive effort. And then, of course, a couple of weeks later, she goes out and wins a major again. So, um, you know, Brooke has had a, a fabulous summer stretch. And the crazy thing is about the LPGA Tour schedule is that, you know, they've got a quarter of it left. They don't finish their season until the end of November, <clears throat> excuse me, the end of November. And, and Brooke is second in that season-long race, the CME Globe points list. And she's got a real chance to win that thing in November, uh, which is the richest prize in women's golf. And, and as we look back, on the year that was, you know, that Sunday of the RBC Canadian Open Week was maybe, could be, you never know, a bit of a catalyst to, to take her across that finish line by the time we get to November. So, um, yeah, she was she was awesome that day. Uh, she continues to be awesome. Everyone's just excited to, to catch a glimpse, catch a piece. And uh, young, old, uh, man, woman, motorcycle gang member, you know, young <laughs> junior right. golf. That's right, you told us. Really matter. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter. Everyone's just pumped and um you know, if I can leave leave it on, on one point about Brooke and, and the past and, and the future, you know, you see somebody like Lucy Lynn this week who's 12 years old who qualified for the uh, CP Women's Open who says that Brooke's her idol. Uh, think about all the other young girls who are around that age or 15 or 16 or the amateur uh, Lauren Zaretsky who made the cut this week who, who says Brooke is her hero. And you think about them all and what's to come for Canadian women's golf uh, in the next decade or decade and a half, and and it's pretty darn cool, and um, that's all Brooke, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll give you one more. Uh, Monet Chun, who's in the field this week, uh, Canadian amateur. She uh, she won the Canadian Women's Amateur last month, finished runner up on uh, at the U.S. Women's Am last month or last week. Sorry, and uh, I had her on the show last week, and she was saying she's probably going to spend more time watching golf than she's going to play it, and. Brooke Henderson is a uh, big person she wanted to see. So even the, even those uh, who are right there scratching the surface, uh, yeah. <laughs> they all want a piece of Brooke. Uh, Adam, it's been so much fun. We did not get to tee it this year, but you're a busy man. Uh, but I enjoyed uh, chatting with you and getting to see you as a accredited member of the media for the first time ever. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, my experience this year. Thanks so much for always being a, a good friend of the golf show. Inside those ropes, baby. No, this was awesome. Thanks to you guys for everything you guys have done. Can't wait to chat next year. There he goes, Adam Stanley, golf content beast. Had to get everything tightened up because he was going to work with Kyle Bukaskis. Uh, they've been doing a great job giving reports uh, to, to Sportsnet Central there. Uh, they'll continue to do so as the weekend goes along. As you're mentioning with Adam, Brooks got her work cut out for her. I would not, uh, you know, we, uh, we do talk gambling from time to time here. I would not be laying any money on Brooke Henderson to have a comeback for the ages. She's off at 10.15 this morning. She has got a ton of ground to make up. Tied for 32nd right now. Uh, she is at 5-under. Of course, the lead at 13-under. So a ton of work to do there. A ton of golfers between Henderson and the top of the leaderboard. But if anybody has it in them to go super low, if anybody will have the crowd behind them, it will be Brooke Henderson there. And I'm just so happy she's getting her flowers. You guys have heard me talk about it on the show ad nauseum. You've heard me talk about it on other shows ad nauseum. No one gives Brooke her due. I feel like she's finally getting it this year. The fact that it's a homecoming uh, effectively for her in Ottawa there, uh, it would be so sweet if she would be able to get it done. I wouldn't uh, hold your breath on that, though. But like Stanley mentioned, she has already done the deed. She has won the tournament already. It was incredible. They had to push up tee times because there was a flurries of snow coming in in Regina, and she was basically wearing snow pants, and she got it done. Uh, I don't think it gets more Canadian than that, but obviously uh, she would love the win at home. And here's the thing. 
Ottawa Hunt Club is going to host uh, some CP Women's Opens uh, going forward. I can all but guarantee that. Uh, so Brooke Henderson, and she's not going anywhere. So she's going to have a, a ton of chances. The other thing that I thought was interesting, I completely forgot to ask Stanley about this. And we talked to uh, the tournament director about this last week, is the bringing of the rink hole to the CP Women's Open for the first time. Obviously, this is something that's been at the RBC Canadian Open for believe four years now the first iteration of this was back at Glen Abbey I want to say the year Dustin Johnson once that was probably oh man it's a while ago I want to say that was 2017 that was the first iteration of the rink hole but I will say they've done a much better job that was rink hole there was water involved so you didn't have the big board surrounding everything uh the hole they had it at St. George's this year I believe it was 16 longish par three there uh the fact that it's right at the back end of the tournament at the hunt club this week they're they're starting or they're they've made the rink hole the 17th hole so these girls are going to have to hit some big big pressure shots with a lot going on around them and look i think i don't think golf needs to be a, a rock concert but i think it's nice when we have these these moments they're a little bit organic as well henderson i again another question i meant to ask stanley henderson was wearing a sens jersey with 67 on the back and Henderson there. I just wondered what the significance of that was, and I'd be really hurt if she was tweaking my Leafs with the 67. But as, uh, as a lot of people like to remind me from time to time, it's not always about me. Uh, switching gears to the PGA Tour. It's the Tour Championship this week. I've been going back and forth on the format of how we do things with the Tour Championship now. The idea that someone is going to start at 10 under. That's exactly what Scheffler did this week. He started it with a two-shot lead on Cantley. He still has a two-shot lead. Cantley's now seven back. It's Xander Shoffley who is two back of the lead. The way I always think about this tournament is I cannot stand it on Thursday and Friday. It's really frustrating to turn on golf and a guy who hasn't hit a shot is sitting at 10 under. But now that we're into the throws of the tournament, okay, do I love that it's 19 under for, for Scheffler instead of nine? No, I don't. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't love that. But now we're just in a golf tournament. Guys, a two-shot lead heading into the weekend. It is kind of fitting that these are the two guys who end up who end up one two in that tournament standings right now in Scheffler and Shoffley because McKee laid it out he didn't like to hear it when I had the answer of you know Xander Shoffley's actually won some tournaments this year and I won't give him too much credit for the team event because that's a little what are we doing here but he still won two travelers that's a it's a real big boy event uh and then he won the Scottish Open which is as big boy as it gets right before the the Open Championship there and I would I gotta be honest I wouldn't have pegged Shoffley as a as a guy that would really thrive in, in Lynx golf. I just don't think of him as that kind of player. So kudos to him for his ability to do that. I also mentioned earlier when, when talking about that, that Shoffley's a guy who has won the tour championship before. And it's so funny, the things, the things we remember, what jumps out in our mind. And I remember Shoffley had, this was either on the 71st or the 72nd hole of the tournament. So he's on 17 or 18 and he's got a mid iron in, you know, a fairly standard approach shot, but it's nails time. You know, he's got to hit a good approach here to give himself a birdie look or make sure he makes par, whatever the scenario was. And he's getting set up and, you know, the crowd's got that little quiet murmur. And then all of a sudden, a baby just started crying right as Shoffley addressed the ball. And I just remember him turning around and just having a little chuckle. And I mean, hey, everybody deals with things differently in life. I would have been steaming mad. 
So uh, good on Xander Shoffley that he was able to uh, keep it together. And, hey, went on to win the uh, Tour Championship that year. We'll see what he does this weekend, if that's going to be a a charge he's able to make. I like his chances. I like his game. The thing I I keep going back to about Scheffler is that – he he is one now in big spots in tight spots but i always go back to the comment he had after he won the masters uh, about he was crying in his kitchen cuz he didn't think he could do it and he didn't think he'd be able to get it done and then he just never really got pushed that day and it's just so funny to think what would have happened if you would have if he would have been pushed if cam smith would have pushed him and hey cam smith has his major now so who knows, but it's just, uh, it is, it's very interesting. One of those sliding doors, what if, who knows what would have happened if, if Scheffler uh, would, would have been pushed there. Those two are the, really the only guys I'm looking at, you know, not to say John Rom can't get hot and make it happen. Uh, he's closed more than six shot gaps heading into a, a weekend before, but it's just with this much talent at the championship, it does feel like Rom is either going to have to go nuclear. Now he went 63 yesterday. So did Shoffley. So there's nothing saying Rom can't rip off another round like that again uh but it's just such a tough ask it feels like he's gonna have to be around that 64 or lower the rest of the way if he wants to be in the mix there because I, I i just can't see shoffley not post or, or sorry scheffler and shoffley for that matter not posting at least something of two or three under one if not both of those days so rom's just got a lot of work uh, made out for him the lone canadian to make it so far uh to east lake cory connor's not the uh not the the week he would want thus far did bounce back in a big way yesterday. He was 74, so that's uh, that's three over on the first day. He goes four under yesterday with a 66. He is uh, no longer uh, bringing up the rear of that uh, that tournament, uh, but he is still well back, uh, sitting alone in 26, and he is at one under, so that has him 18 shots back of Shoffley. Uh, wouldn't hold your breath on Connors making a run here, but... By Connors getting into this tournament, he gets invited to the Century Tournament of Champions in Hawaii. One of my favorites every year. That is when you know golf is truly back. Like I said, you know, golf show may be over. I'm going to still be watching all these events week in and week out. I can't help myself, okay? I am who I am. I'm a golf sicko. I need it in my life. Uh, but I feel like the uh, the Tournament of Champions, get a little primetime golf in Hawaii, Always a fun time. Uh, that'll, that'll be rolling around in January, and Corey Connors with his play this season has uh, has earned his way there. One other thing I, I wanted to touch on that that came out of all the rejigging of the PGA Tour and what's happening and where will players be going and is Cam Smith going? Is he not? We'll deal with all that as the off season comes. I'm very happy for things to get quiet after the end of the FedEx Cup season here, have guys make their move, and then we don't have to hear about it any any longer. But it's this Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy simulator golf that's going to be on Monday nights starting two years from now. Okay, first things first, two years from now. Uh, if any, If the last two years has taught us anything, who knows what's going on two years from now? I certainly don't. Uh, but those two guys are going to be playing simulator golf with some of their buds. It'll be interesting. I I pointed out uh, yesterday when I was talking to to Joe House, another golf guest on the station, that you know there's a show called Holy Moly that's effectively mini putt that draws millions of viewers in America every time it's on TV. So the idea that Rory and Tiger couldn't do that if you mix in a comedian or a personality type, you know Charles Barkley's been saying he wants to go to live. I, I'm sure he would love a check 
uh, to do t- to do Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy simulator golf. Here's the thing. Just don't if, if it's irking you, if it's irritating you kind of like it is me, just don't think about it. It's not going to matter for the world of golf. It's not for us. OK, and also. We're going to get this Netflix show at some point in time this offseason. That'll be exciting to see all the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, Thank you so much to the folks at Subaru. Have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed having them aboard as a sponsor. As always, the golf show is brought to you by your local Ontario Subaru dealers. Welcome to Uncommon Performance in a Subaru with legendary, symmetrical, full-time, all-wheel drive. My co-host, Sam McKee, he popped on. He's been our producer extraordinaire all year long. Could not do it without him. And as he said, thank you to the legend, Scott Metcalf, for handing over the reins. It has been a ton of fun with the golf show uh, this season. We'll be back next year, probably right before the Masters. As for me, I'm not going anywhere. I got a couple hours of Sportsnet today. Coming up next, right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.